Hey everyone, and welcome back to BPX Breakroom. Broadcast live each Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern in Twitter spaces at Radish Digital. That's digital with a J. A show that breaks down all the opportunities and explanations in the Block Packs ecosystem. I'm Discord user Jen Khan, not just host of BPX Breakroom, but also one of the largest whales in the BPX ecosystem. And now, without further delay, let's hear from this week's guest co-host. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Minor Details. Um, it's a uh, weekly show we have here to discuss anything and everything regarding the Lost Miners, which is the last digital collection on ETH Proof of Work. Um, I am Jen Khan, and today I have someone who really needs no introduction, but I will give him one anyway. Um, the one we all love, follow, would walk through fire for. Eat Frenchie is with us today. Jen, how are you? That's uh, quite the introduction there. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm blushing to hear that. Oh. <laughs> how are you today? Good. Doing well. Doing well. I'm actually, uh, I'm actually in the office today, so I'm, uh, I, you know, a lot of days. Sorry, I just switched over to my headset. Am I good? Can you hear me? Yes, I can still hear you. Um, <clears throat> I. Uh, most days I actually work. I I'm, I live a little bit outside of town, so I'm actually video conferences and stuff. Most days, but I'm actually in the office today, so um, good to oh, good to fabulous. good to, good to be here with the tribe. Awesome. Um, so first, a little housekeeping things. I just wanted to uh, extend a huge thanks to D. Hoovy for the cover art for minor details. I think it's awesome. Um, really appreciate that. Um, and also wanted to throw a. Uh, promo out for next Wednesday, um, where we're going to have Mad Queen from Moon Ape Lab on with us, um, and that's March 8th, um, and then following on the 15th, get ready for it, folks, Entropy is going to join us and give us the lowdown deep dive. I have asked for the dummies guide to the Lost Miners. Um, before contract and how that all came to be. So get your questions ready for all of that. Um, as we did last week, we're going to follow the same structure. Jen, uh, Jen. Jen, I think you went on mute. Or you... Hello? Yep, we got you now. Okay. What did you did you miss the entire thing? I've been sitting here talking. No, it was just the last couple seconds. You we, we heard everything about uh, Jim being oh, on, okay. and then you said you started going to something else, and that's where you went out. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. I don't know why my mic keeps doing that. Okay. Um. So yes, uh, Entropy will be on um, to discuss everything in regards to the engineering wonder uh, that happened with the lost miners, um, and as we did last week, the flow for this is basically very fluid so i'll ask a couple questions just to get us started and then this is really about you guys um so please don't hesitate to jump up on stage um and get in the queue to ask your questions um or type them in discord or in the twitter space here and we'll try and capture them and get as many as we we can ask um so i'm going to start off frenchy with a 
a little icebreaker type question, not related to really anything, but um, would you rather go into the past and meet your ancestors or go into the future to meet your great, great grandchildren? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a deep one. I, I would say for me, I would want to go and meet my great, great grandchildren. I'm, um, I, you know, not, not for egotistical reasons, but I, I don't know, maybe there's a little bit of ego in it. I, 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 I was, I want to leave a good legacy. I want to leave a good thing for my, my family as far as, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm gone, I want there to be a bit of a legacy. And I, I think I'd probably like to go forward and see if that, if I was able to achieve that, that'd be pretty cool. And I, and I have pretty good documentation on my family going back. I have, we've actually had books written about my, uh, my family because of our unique ethnic background. So I've got a real good feel on that side of things. Um, whereas I don't have uh, obviously any, any insight into what the future would be. So I, I think I would, I would choose to go to the future. Cool. Very cool. I think I would choose that, that as well. I think that would be interesting to see what all happens um, way, way far in the future. Yep. Um, okay, so let's dive right in. So I will start off with the first question, um, which came from which Rhino. I love trying to pronounce everyone's Discord names. I get so stressed out. Um, <laughs> he was asking if you could um, talk about the common games and mainly more about whether they're going to continue in the BP roadmap and how often um, is it after each series or something you'll work in when you feel it's appropriate um, and things like sure. that. So, you know, we've, um, I think everybody that's been around in our BPX ecosystem for a while has seen that we've really tried to build this foundation and we've made significant investments here. We don't have any outside VCs. It's funded by me and some of my partners that are in our agency business. We're all there. They're, they're in, you don't see their faces a whole lot. They're certainly there uh, helping to help and pay the bills and stuff. But we've, we've invested in all of those things to try to make sure that we've really built the best foundation we could. The common games are one that we will have to kind of rethink those in season two, because we've moved to this model where we're putting 100% of the value of the RAS every time in the uh, uh, it, when we sell like infinite moments on block packs. We're making sure that we we put that value as close as we can. It's it's it, it, the goal is to, is to just break even on that product. So if we do that, um, it doesn't leave an immediate budget to then say, okay, now we're going to put these cards in the common games. That immediately would drive us into a loss situation. But I do have some ideas with the new products that we're developing, once those are well-established and there's a good collector base around them and the the use, the utility, the collectability of those things are established, I could see the common games being something where, for example, this is, this is not set in stone, right? I'm just giving you an idea of something I've thought of. I could see a scenario where there are some specific stadiums in the Bantams or there's a specific weapons in the wonders of the first and the way you would the way you would get those would be through a common games type mechanic. Um, so it creates some exclusivity in what the award reward pool, the prize pool is, but it's something that we can pull out of our suite of products to use 
without having to go and face the hard cost of going to Golden or PWCC and buying the cards, which is how we've done the common games in the past. So it's something that the community likes. Um, it's just something that we were, we're going to have to rethink the economics of that. In the, the only other option would be to run the RAS, the initial RAS itself at a little bit at some margin to save margin for the common games. And I don't love that. I love the one for one right there, getting that out of the way. And then um, we'll look for some other interesting ways that we can kind of create some common games. I have been thinking very hard about post snapshot for season one, um, where that leaves these infinite moments. I mean, the thing about these infinite moments that are out right now is there has been a, a lot of value extraction from them. And I hope, I'm, I know the community sees that, but they've had their, the Raz right off the bat. And that's been, we've put in well more in our first, you know, 20 months of existence in card value than we, than we sold in infinite moments. So they're, they're, they were, they were average positive EV just on all the prizes that were offered. Then they also allowed people to um, get things like the miners. There was a, a big chunk of that came based on the IM point. And then there'll be the allocation of the reward token. That'll be based on your points. At some point, you know, those, those infinite moments from season one, they, they kind of just have to then become their, their forever self as a, as a collectible. I have been looking at what it would mean to move some of the high color, or, or maybe it's optional to you. If you really love an aqua, if, you know, some of them are pretty hard to get, like the, 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 the token zero block packs of first one. You, you may want to have an aqua on main chain. So maybe we allow people that if they want, they can basically for the cost of gas, burn the, the polygon token and take their infinite moment to main chain as a true collectible for the future. And then maybe there are some things we can do with a common game using some of our existing, some of the products that we're building to try to uh, help kind of clean up wallets and, and get some of those commons out of the boxes that we would all have under our bed, metaphorically speaking, right? Um, so we're, we're aware of all of that type of stuff too. So we'll be looking at that and we'll, we'll try to come up with some things. I just, I can't say for hundred percent sure yet what those are going to be until, until we kind of get a little, you know, another month or two down the road here. No, of course. And that's fair enough. And um, I appreciate your, as always, uh, candid comments. Um, and I know uh, that's always been a, a discussion going around about the value of infant moments, the, the, future that they'll play in everything yeah. so the fact that you always have something brewing um to kind of address yeah if you're if you're in if you're, if you're in collecting and you do a lot of collecting especially if you rip wax or something you, you've got boxes of commons sitting around your house or i was just in aaron's shop yesterday we cut the uh, i actually did th this week's episode of geeking out live from palmetto cards um aaron's shop who most of y'all know aaron but the uh, or a lot of y'all know and I was just looking down their wall and they, they did a promotion with their dig boxes where it was like one week they were a dollar, anything you found in the box. Next week they were 50 cents. Next week they were a quarter. Next week they were a dime. So a month long promotion or whatever. They're in the dime part and they still have tons of stuff sitting there. So that stuff has been sorted through and nobody wants to pay a dime for it. Right. So I was, I was like, what are you gonna do with that stuff? He's like, I guess we're going to burn it. Right. So, I mean, there, there comes a point in collecting the way the, the way it works where common commons become commons and they just they don't you know they just, they're just they just don't have a lot of value we we will have extracted a lot of value out of those ims but at some point um 
I think it'll probably be, be more about just cleaning up wallets than anything else, right? If we run a promotion and say, all right, dump all your comments here and ProRata will do this thing to get some bantam thing. It may not be a massive financial reward, but it lets you clean your wallet up, have a little bit of fun, and, and you don't have those comments sitting in boxes collecting dust. Yeah, perfect. So you mentioned geeking out. So let me let me ask you about that. How is how is that going? How are you seeing the, the response and the, the subscriptions and, and all of that? To be completely honest with you, I don't know on that side. Um, I've just been really cutting it. I've been so busy focused on kind of what we're doing. I haven't had a chance to circle back up with uh, Christina and her, and her team. So I don't even know how many people have listened to it across all the different channels. I, I, the feedback I've gotten anecdotally has been really good. I know that the one we did with uh, with Bunchu, the the where we covered the Starbucks stuff, I thought that was, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, he did ninety percent of the talk, and I thought it made for a, a great uh, episode. I thought he, I thought it was just, I thought it was really interesting for collectors. Um, the one I just cut with Aaron, you know, we went through. If you're a collector and you're in your his his will slant much more to the the real life cards. We we covered digital, but his episode that I think will drop tonight. Uh, was much more focused on real IRL collecting. And if you're an IRL collector, hearing hearing how a hobby shop came together, hearing how he gets wax allocations and some of that stuff behind the scenes, how the sausage is made in your local hobby shop, I think maybe will be interesting to people. And then just hearing about another guy that's been in collecting for a long time, how he's viewing digital as it relates to physical. So I think the episodes we've got so far have been have been pretty decent. For me, the hardest thing is um, people, it's, when, you, when you do a podcast to try to do it well, I mean, it does take some time. You have to think about what you're going to ask ahead of time. You, it just, there's, there's, there's legwork that goes into it. And uh, so it's um, some weeks we may have to just out of necessity because I just don't have the time to do a lot of the legwork. We may just have to meet me to pop out a mic and just talk about some topics. So I, I don't know that I can maintain quite the level of production or excuse me, the quite the level of uh, back and forth and interaction with a guest every week, but but so far I'm pleased with it and I think that model works well. And I got tons of friends that we could bring in on different different aspects and cover different things. So I think I think there's there's a deep repository of stuff that we can create an interesting podcast for collectors. It's just it's uh, something that we'll have to it's, it'll be a grind. No, that's awesome. And I have to say I've listened to the the two so far. Um, I think they're amazing and. I can probably speak for 90 to 95% of the, the community and the fact that any time we get a chance to listen to you speak, um, we're taking it, um, which kind of leads me into my next question, um, which is how do you feel about the slogan, in Frenchie, we trust? Um. <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff that, that, that I, look, I'm, I'm in other communities too. And I try to be supportive of folks. I, I try, I'm a, I'm a, people know that I'm a big fan of Yuga and I, I try to be supportive of, of Garga and, 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 you know, Gordon's taking his health sabbatical right now because he's had a heart issue. And I, I try to be really supportive to them. Um, and, and our community is very supportive of me and your memeing and stuff that you all do. I mean, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, it, it embarrasses me a little bit, like not in a bad way, but like it's, um, uh, you know, it's, I don't know. You, you, you can't be, you, you, it's not very humble to talk about how you're humble. <laughs> and I recognize, I recognize the, uh, the hypocrisy in that, but like, um, 
yeah, it's 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 uh I mean, it it's flatter it's flattering. It makes me it makes me feel good. It makes me feel supported. Yeah. Um so I I definitely don't mind it. It's um it's it's not something that I'm going to necessarily be out there encouraging people to do, but if they do it organically and <laughs> and and that's the way people feel about our community, then I'm I'm happy to carry that carry that that banner into battle forest and uh and I'll try to I'll try to take that trust and and use it appropriately and 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 earn it and continue to earn that trust day in and day out. Awesome. Um, so I just wanted to uh, take a minute and remind um, listeners that this is Minor Details. I am Gen Con, the host, and we are talking with our fabulous co-host today, uh, Frenchie um, from BPX. And on to our next question um, regarding BPX, a little bit easier one for you. Um, D. Hoovey had asked, how many employees does BPX have full and part-time? So we have a, a fairly unique structure here in that um, BPX Collective is its own entity, but it shares the same ownership structure with my and with, with, with our Web2 agency. And so we the people that are dedicated that I would say that are pretty much only working on the BPX stuff. It's about 15, give or take, that are like full-time. This is all we're doing. Um, and I'm very heavily, my time is very heavily here. I've got a few of our major clients that I still interact with. And then I just, I serve in some board capacities and that sort of thing on other stuff. But the, um, this is where the lion's share of my time definitely goes, and the and then we, and then we have people that we pull in kind of on an, on an as needed basis. Like we have some folks that are helping um, land some of the apparel and that sort of thing that that are pulled from another, actually another of my companies that were. Um, so so we I have resources that we could tap into, and then they're they're sister companies because they're under the same ownership umbrella, even if they're not necessarily like that company is not owned by BPX, BPX is not owned by that company, but it's all, we're private. We don't have any outside investors. So if I want to pull someone from the agency business, the only person I have to answer to for that is myself and my other partners. I don't have to answer to a VC of like, Hey, why are you using our resource on something we don't have ownership in? Right. Because we all have that, because we have that commonality in the ownership structure. It really allows us a ton of freedom to pull people as we need to. Um, but full time, I, 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 it's roughly about 15. Wow, that's amazing. I have to say, um, you know, having experience running my own company and trying to find and retain and find good people, um, it's not easy at all. Very, very difficult. And I have to say, every, anyone that I have interacted with on the BPX team has been absolutely 100% amazing. So the fact that you're able to, number one, find them and then retain them um and create this big team and community and company is a is a big hats off to you and a, and a tribute to you so that's fantastic thank you i'm I'm, cer I'm certainly very proud of our team i'm also very i'm very proud of our culture and the, what we have from a from from that standpoint like that everybody embraces a, a can-do attitude everybody you know nobody is like that's not my job. Everything is our job to figure out. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that people are scattered around, don't know what they're doing, but you just, you, you can feel it culturally. And, 
and and it does that makes retention easier um it makes recruiting probably uh, easier the to to when you when 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 they can interview when when you're interviewing someone a prospective person to come in and the person that they're talking to has has been in an, in a, in an in an organizational umbrella for a decade or two decades i mean there are literally people here that have worked for me for 20 years and um and so that culture is very deeply ingrained and uh and i think it's um I, I do think it's i think it's unique like when you look at a lot of these other teams that are coming together in web3 and i'm not knocking it's what you have to do but a lot of these teams that are being thrown together they don't you, you, you that it's very hard to form that culture like I'll, I'll use yuga who i love as an example like they were 40 employees a few months ago i heard garga say this weekend that they were up to 140. like that is a massive you know the, the, the impact on your culture with that many people coming in in a surge that's a that would be a massive challenge versus one where that culture has been built organically over time and you've got the right people in and it's just it just works and they, they work together they're it's it is that's a i would i would say that's a a sleeper very much a sleeper competitive advantage that we have in our team is is that we have an ingrained culture because we've all just migrated through this stuff together and um and I, and, and I, I can't imagine how, how big of a challenge that would be to hold together a good culture and, and keep a good high standard of hiring when you're trying to move that fast and hire that many people. And you get these people like out of the FANG companies and stuff, um, you, you know, FANG being Facebook, Apple, um, was it Netflix and Google? Um, and Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google. <laughs> so it's like F-A-A-N-G. Um, the... Uh, the, the the thing is, is that when you get kind of get a lot of people get hired, and that's, and that's a lot of the big, if you look at a lot of the hiring that's happening in some of the, the upstart um, the Web3 companies that are really on that really fast trajectory, you look at the people they're bringing in, those people are coming out of those companies. And a lot of times, you know, those people were, you know, they've only been at those companies for a couple of years. I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying that they're just, there's, you just don't have the type of ingrained culture. And I would imagine the culture at Apple is probably significantly different than the culture at Twitter or the culture at Facebook. And then when you start throwing all those people together over the span of two months, whew, I, I can't even imagine what that would be like to manage, honestly. Like I don't, I would not want to sign up for that gig. Yeah, probably how why they're constantly laying big people off and then hiring again because they they can't they can't find the right people. Yep. So another hats off to you. Um, another question we had um, from Dirty Jurors was based on the comment the other day on future farmers. Um, he was interested in how many businesses do you currently own a stake in. <clears throat> Um, well, the, quite a few because I've, I've done over the years, I've done a fair bit of angel investing. So a stake in would be a pretty high number. Ones that I have, um, either, either I'm either like 50% or majority, um, would be more like a handful of five, call it. But yeah. But yeah, okay. we did, but we did, it was interesting. We were, we were looking at the uh, moon apes and they had a, they had an attribute that was a forestry helmet 
And that's where that comment stems from. If, if for those who, because that, that was a pretty obscure comment. Surprise, <laughs> surprise that even got seen. Honestly, it was like in, down in a Twitter thread. I didn't think, I, it's not like I posted that, but it was, I commented in a thread. But um, it was just a really neat attribute for me. I was like, holy cow, there's like, it's a forestry helmet. That's really cool. Cause I, I grew up in a, in a rural community. And one of the things I was interested in back in school, because it was just what you did in my area, was the Future Farmers of America. I was the president of our Future Farmers of America chapter. I actually went and spoke. I did. I was. I competed in in um, public speaking nationally at the uh, National Future Farmers of America. I won won our state and went and competed nationally. I got destroyed by a young lady from Texas. Um, but the uh, it was um, it, that was a, it was a great experience for me. And another thing that I did is I did forestry judging. So you would you would judge the amount of you know basal area, the amount of anticipated harvest, the quality, the the the, the um, quality of the stand of timber. And so as I got a little bit older and, and got some success, I, I just, one of the things that the more conservative part of my portfolio is, is real estate. And specifically when I say real estate, I'm talking about dirt growing trees. And so that's one of my um, things that I've been interested in. And I've got someone in that business that's been with me for, gosh, nearly 20 years. So I don't have to really touch that business. Like I, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's mine, but it's called French timber, but I don't have to, I literally never even look at it until pretty much end of the year. Look at the books, but um, but it's a it's a, and a, and that's why it was interesting on that um, on the uh, when I saw the forestry helmet, I was like, that's really cool because I've never seen obviously any kind of really not there aren't a whole lot of farming attributes. Period. But for that one to have been specifically forestry, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was neat. And you know, lesson to you though, I know you already know, but anything you post in in Discord has about immediately a million eyes i don't think it was on i, I thought it was i thought much. it was in like a twitter <laughs> comment though on somebody else's comment like i didn't figure that stuff that stuff when i look at my tweets like those things don't usually get more than a few hundred views like when it's like way down in a comment thread like anyway uh, it, obviously jur obviously jurors <laughs> saw it and uh but yeah that was it was still a neat i still don't have one yet i, I gotta grab i gotta get one and i've I've, I've got an open thread with Mad Queen and I just haven't been able to get back with her, but I'm going to try to trade for one of the minor helmet ones too, because those are, those are like impossible to find in their collection. But um, I'm going to see if I... They are, they are, they are very hard to find. Um, I think there is a Forrester helmet uh, kind of close to the floor. There was. Oh, really? Unless she, she snatched it, but that was there. And then, then there's, there's a couple miners there, but I've bought a couple. I know a couple of the other community members have so more and more people are kind of unstaking them and putting them out there so got it yeah so that that's yeah, yeah. so hopefully maybe a few of them will break loose but uh, or maybe i can work something out with i know the one she had was really rare so i don't know if she wants to part with it but we'll see i gotta i gotta follow back up i see you in the audience there queen i'll uh i know we haven't i know i owe you a twitter message on that um so going off of that um there was another question that was um will the announcement between moon apes and bpx um likely result in holders of each project to buy into the other obviously that would be a plan of a joint announcement but people are kind of curious mm. no <laughs> or mom's a word you do have it you do have the opportunity to say pass. well if i pass if i pass i think everybody will assume <laughs> that's what it is so that's not that's not really on point i would say it's, I mean, yeah, just, just, just wait and listen. That that's not, that's not, that's not spot on or anything there, I would say, but uh, yeah, just let us, let us kind of announce that when the time is, when, when the time's right. 
Fair enough. Um, okay, so I just wanted to take a moment, remind everyone to listen to Minor Details with um, myself, the host, Gen Con, and my co-host this week, Frenchie um, from BPX Collective. Um, next question, I'm trying to get through um, all of these. And no, I see no speakers. You guys are all shy. Come up on stage, get your question, let's go. Um, another question that came up was, um, based on the back to the work side of things, um, people are saying they see you on Discord at all hours of the night and we early morning. So it seems like you work 24 seven. Um, so they wanted to know if you struggle with a work-life balance and um, do you have any you know, family issues? We've known you've been tweeting and doing things from the sidelines of soccer games and and everything else. So what's your yep. your philosophy? And take yeah, on? so for me, um, I'm really enjoying Web3 and where what all is going on here. So I would say that this, it really kind of combines hobby and work to me. I don't feel like I'm working right now. I feel like I'm doing things that I enjoy. I... For folks that maybe don't have full perspective into stuff like, like I like I've been, I married my high school sweetheart. We started dating when I was 16 years old. Um, we're coming up on 25th anniversary time. We've got one adult child and two kind of uh, one teen and one one preteen. The girls, the younger ones are girls and the older ones are boy. The, the girls are in there, um, all their activities and stuff. So they're 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 busy with school and stuff. I I never I never miss a a game like I in in the years that I've been a parent 20 years I've probably missed of my kids events I'm talking like wreck stuff too like like the, the like the stuff where you just like sit there and you want to like almost shoot yourself in the head <laughs> like type stuff um or cool dances <laughs> or plays or chorus things I mean I I guarantee I haven't missed five ever across all my kids like or I say that back sometimes we have to double team and like the the I would count that as getting it because, like, if I we can't be in two places at once. So sometimes my wife will take one of the girls and I'll take the other, and we'll have, we'll have a soccer game in one place and a dance in another, or whatever. Um, so, but I I work since I, I like I mentioned earlier, I'm in the office today. One of the things that I do save a lot of time for family stuff is that I'm I'm at home, so I'm able to help in the morning morning routine, get the girls out of school. Um, and then I, I am also very mobile in my work, so I can respond to a discord message in the stands at a track meet while I'm waiting on my daughter to run. Um, and so, you know, we, we eat our meals. We, we try very hard to eat meals together as a family. Um, and on the weekends, you know, I may, I may hit an hour or two of something here, an hour or two of something there. And then at night they're generally you know, eight o'clock, they're kind of off eight or nine o'clock. They're, they're out doing their thing or going to sleep. And then I'm a bit of a night owl. And I, I'm just, I know it's probably not the most healthy thing in the world, but I, I've always been a person that has not slept a whole lot and I'll probably pay the price for that one day. Um, but I can really work. And I feel like work at a fairly high efficient level on like five hours of sleep. And I can do that for a long period of time. And, um, so that's why you'll see me sometimes at 2 a.m. and then I may be commenting again at, at 8 and then you can, you can do the math on that. It's just that I just don't, I just, I'm just not a person that's ever required a lot of sleep. I'm, I'm sure there are probably some people in the audience that gasp at that because there's tons of studies on how important sleep is and all that sort of thing. But like, I don't feel like I'm robbing my body of it. Like I don't feel tired. I don't feel drained. Uh, so I, I just, and I've always been that way. This, and, and 
I forget which president it was. Was it was it Teddy Roosevelt or somebody? One of the presidents that only slept like three or four hours a night. I mean, of course he he probably died pretty young because it was a long time ago. But I, I just I've just never been a person that requires a, a massive amount of sleep. Yeah, no, I I know a couple people like that. I for one am not. I need sleep. I crave sleep. <laughs> but I for one um, would like to say for the community as a whole that we appreciate all the time. Um, and hours that you put into uh, into the project and into um, everything that you you do here. So um, let's see. I'm thinking, I see uh, B Jams went up as a speaker. Do you have a question or? Sure. Yeah. First off, great show. Um, love love the interview so far. And Frenchie, I I just want to ask you a question. Um, and I mean, you can go in a million different ways with this, obviously, but professionally speaking and just looking at um, the BPX umbrella, you know, what what are you the most proud of accomplishment wise um, in this last 18 months of this journey? That's a real easy answer, but it's I and I hope people will take this in the that is as genuine as it is, I the community that's being built around this thing, and I, it gets thrown around so much in Web three cliche community, 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 and and then I've said this before in so many of these communities, all that means is line go up, and when the line doesn't go up, the community fractures and people are at each other's throats, and it just goes to hell in a handbasket. I I did not expect the I felt really good about the the turning the RAS, the old world underground RAS idea into a sweepstakes and using crypto and doing it in a way that you couldn't, couldn't do it in the real world. What I didn't anticipate um, is the, and part of it, we didn't have a trustless way to trade them. So it had to kind of follow the old world. I vouch for this guy. He's good to trade with. She's good to trade with whatever the, it, it's um, like real friendships have formed in this that would not exist today were it not for block packs. Like they would, these people wouldn't have come together. I've made real friends and I've strengthened other friendships that I did come into it with. And I've met, met people and consider them friends now that I didn't know before. And that is absolutely the thing that I'm most proud of. And I know that if you probably put a bunch of founders up on a stage and ask them that question, a lot of them will probably say that. But if you then go and look at those communities, it really is about line go up and and let's how far can we pump this thing before it kind of unravels? That's really what that means. That's not what it means in our world. And I would say those that are in it can 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 feel that and experience that. I certainly won't argue with that. So I appreciate it, friend. Yep. Great. Thanks, Ben. Um, so let's see. Another question from D. Hoovy wanted to know what is the most you have ever personally paid for a card? Um, <laughs> <laughs> again, you can pass if you would like. <laughs> yeah, I got a big smile on my face with that question. I won't lie. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll pass on that one. I don't want, I don't, that, I mean, because, because the other thing too is like, um, what I would buy, like like there are certain things where if I believe that something is a real store of value, I'm not looking at that as a card as much as I am literally looking at that as that store of value. And it's like, okay, I've got this amount over here in this portfolio. Is that where I want it? Or would I rather have that in a high grade card of, of a certain type? And 
Um, yeah, maybe maybe one day when block packs is like maybe when we're really further down this line, maybe we'll crack open the vault one day and we'll pull some some other stuff out. I've kind of got my stuff that I collect and like I'm proud of for different reasons, and then I've kind of got like some stuff that's more just like I would call it investment grade type stuff. And so, yeah, I'll just I'll demur on that one. Like like the most the no most problem. I've ever we'll just- the most I've ever degenned on a card is like probably I don't know what did I pay for my last Acuna Red like seventy five grand. That would be like a card that I'm kind of like really taking a huge risk on, like because this guy could just totally fizzle out. Um, so I mean, I don't do like I'm not one of these guys that's out buying rookie RPAs for six figures or, or hell seven figures for that matter. If if I'm putting money into a really big card, it's a it's a really it's a it's a store of value type asset. Okay, so we're we're just gonna go with a lot. That's going to be the umbrella we're going to use. All right. <laughs> um, um, so one question that, that I had, um, because as a community member and a member of the, the project, I have well-known degen issues that everyone is fully aware of. So stalking, listing pages and everything like that for these collections is my life's work. Um and it is hard for me to say no. So being that you are the creator um, and you are involved in the development and the creation of, we'll go specifically with the miners, um, how hard is it for you not to buy them all? It's, it's very hard, honestly. They're like, like, it's like I see something, it's hard for me to, to stand down and try to make sure that I don't put undue influence on the market because I like, there's times that someone will get down near the floor and I'm like, well, I want to get it. And I'm like, no, somebody else will get it and they'll be happy with it. And that'll bring a new person. Or maybe it's somebody who will, they'll value that one more than one they have. And then they'll sell another one. It'll add some more liquidity. And I don't really want to try to, I, I, I haven't, I hope now with two years of, like, because this thing, this gets debated in the space, right? Founders participating in their own projects, and I've said unapologetically, I'm a collector, and I'm making stuff that I want to collect. And right now, I'm in a little bit of a self-imposed dark period because we have all the news coming out with BPX. I haven't, I, I threw a few offers on Schrodinger's because they were, um, they're not part of season one, but I, I haven't bought anything within like I, I think I don't I'd have to look I don't want to tell you wrong but I, I haven't bought anything really since I really started sharpening the pencil and working on the the tokenomics for the the, the distribution for the reward um, I haven't bought anything and part of that's just, it's really just more perception than anything else because I think everybody has a good idea what's coming like the assets in our ecosystem are going to be rewarded but since I have the ability to shape what that is I I just while I'm working on that, I just, for myself, I, I've kind of wanted to back out. So that's made it a little bit easier. So like I see something, I'm like, well, I can't buy it anyway. So it's fine. But, um, it, it, but I, I'm a, I'm an unapologetic collector. I am so freaking excited about the Bantams. And I posted this in Treehouse last night. I, I have a lot of parrots because I bought them at a time nobody else really wanted to buy them. And I was buying them really cheap and I got a ton of, I got like 300. And those are mine personally. Those aren't the companies. My partners have no absolutely no claim to those my my wallet that's got my infinite moments in it and stuff like that my partners have no part in that those are not company funds those are Frenchy funds 
And, um, and I, but when I did the wonders pairing for the miners, I was like, yeah, I can't, I'm not going to take 300 parrots from my own and pair them with the miners. That's because I, I had the full ability to make that decision. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. So I said, I'll only do, I forget it. I have to go back and read exactly what I said. I think I said I'd take the average of the top 100 wallets. And if it's average holder has three, I'll use three. And, but with the Bantams, I'm taking all 300 of my mints, baby. And I'm, I'm going to make a heck of a set of those things. Um, <laughs> so, so like, you know, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Cause I, cause I am a collector and I do get these things. And I, and, I, and honestly, I, I get, I'm so biased in it all because I, I love it all. I love the things we're doing so much. And look, the deed games is a perfect example. Like I thought that was an amazing idea when I came up with it and we, we put it in front of some people like little minor focus group testing and it, it worked, it sounded good. And then we went and started doing it and it just, you know, we we felt the apathy from the community, and I had to look myself in the mirror and say, "No, that idea sucks. You got to you got to revamp. You got to do something better." And and I and I was like, "Do I?" And I didn't feel the passion to want to collect those things. Like I was like, "I'm not." And when I didn't feel drawn to it, that I w- I was looking forward to the release so that I could own some of them, I, it told me everything I needed to know. And I was like, "We just this is not it. There's not this is not the product market fit." The Bantams. I mean, I am I I love those stacking things. I love. I love everything I'm seeing on the wonders. I, 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 we have a franchise that will get announced in uh, April and I'm more excited about that one than I am either of the other two. <laughs> like it's, that one is like, it just, I am so pumped about that one. So everything, I can, every, I can basically hear you skipping around the room. I can, that's what I'm envisioning right now. Yes. So <laughs> the stuff we're building and we're using, and we're going to use web three in some novel ways. Like, we're going to announce something in April. There's no asset you need to go buy right now that's going to. Well, let me shut up. There's, there's, there, we're going <laughs> to, no, we're going to announce something in April that is going to use the tech again in a novel way. Um, but it's, it's, it's going to be really easy, and I think everybody's really going to freaking love it. Like it's, um, I'm, it's, 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 uh, it's focus grouped off the chart. Like it's, uh, it's, it's really, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Oh, nice. Now you got, now you got a couple people intrigued, I bet. Yep. Um, I see uh, Jorzane popped up on stage. So did you have a, a question? Yeah, that's a pretty tough kind of drop in alpha. And I got to follow us up with a, a question I thought a couple <laughs> days ago. But um, so I, I know you have a, a background in marketing. Uh, and I was curious about your thoughts on the IP rights uh, for the miners and, and the other projects uh, inside of BPX. Because it's something that gets kind of talked about, but more like um, a legal requirement as you talk about those things. Um, so I was just curious if you think this is a valuable feature or if it's... Yeah, I have yeah. a... Yeah, so I, I feel like I have a really strong take on this. And so my take is, is that with Web3 being global, the way that it obviously is, there is no way in the world that if someone takes a minor art and they do something in... New Zealand or Vietnam or Japan, pick a country, and they do something with that IP. There's no way in the world that I could justify going and trying to chase them down and and punish that through that jurisdiction's court. One, I don't even know if it would if we would have the right claim to make it stand up in that court because 
it's possible because of the way all of this stuff is computer generated, how much of it is human hand versus the computer. There are legitimate arguments around that for US courts. But what I believe very strongly is that Web3 IP, as it relates to these NFTs, these PFPs specifically, so I'll talk about PFPs, not art, but, but not like not like a Fidenza or a or a or, or a circuit even, um, but but a, a PFP type thing, um, where we where you're given the IP to the of the of the or given the rights to use the IP yourself. It is a social contract, and that's why when I see something like the punks get put on Bitcoin, and I see someone pay a bunch of money for that, I look down on that person that's paying that money for that punk. And unapologetically, I look down on that because you're supporting the violation of that social contract. Somebody right now, I assume, owns all of my punks on some Bitcoin Satoshi. I'm not. I'm not crapping on. I don't. I don't. That that time will sort all that out. Whether or not that's a viable way to to do NFTs, um, you know, it's it's certainly super early. I know Yuga has going to do something over there on the Satoshis. The fact that you have to hold them in a separate wallet because they're fungible and you could actually spend your Satoshi while trying to spend a Bitcoin. You, you can't spend your miner while you're trying to spend your ETH. Like it's, it's, it's like there's a whole lot there to unpack. But like the stolen art piece of that specifically, it, I, I'm just like, I'm very anti that. And I don't expect Yuga to go try to do anything in court. Like that's not my expectation. I don't expect them to file papers on anyone. I think I, what I expect and would hope is that the the community would not support that. That becomes the social contract. And when I feel like I have IP rights, it makes me it endears me so much more to my NFT. The sense of pride that I have in it to know that if I want to, I can build something out of this. Like. I'll use a bigger ecosystem than our own because we haven't really seen a lot of that come out of our ecosystem yet. I think in time we will. But like you look at the apes and they've got the bored and hungry burgers where they took the ape and they made it into this whole franchise. Or Jenkins the Valet where they turned that character into something because they owned it, right? Is it, is it, is it something that they own in court of law? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. Certainly probably not across all jurisdictions. In the U.S., maybe. We don't know. But socially, we say that they own it. Now, look at the alternative to that. And while I'm a fan of, of Kevin Rose and I'm a fan of, of, of him, and I, I do think that despite some of the missteps and things that have happened in that community, I'm still very supportive and hope that they're going to get some cool stuff figured out. I was very much against when they pulled the Moonbirds and made them CCO because I had a bunch of Moonbirds that I had compiled because they had different aesthetics that I said, okay, maybe this could be used on a beer can one day. Maybe this could be used to a flight school with one with the, 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 the pilot helmet or whatever. Like I, I had thought about that. And when they went CCO, it stripped away all pride of ownership for the, for the art for me. And they just, they kind of became fungible. And so I think that giving the social, giving the commercial IP rights through that social contract to your holders as it relates to something like the miners, I believe is very important. I feel a deep sense of pride in knowing that this miner is mine. And if you steal that JPEG and do something with it, that you're violating that social contract. And that makes me feel way more prideful in it than I would if it was CCO or whatever. But it's, I don't think this is something that's going to be for the courts to settle. I think it's going to have to be a social thing. And, um, 
yeah, but I, but I'm very, very, very adamant in that take. So you can expect in our ecosystem by default for us to default to the commercial to commercial IP use. I posted some stuff in Discord around the Bantams because I want the community to be able to help there, but I can't grant you all the rights to say Sismo because you have a common Sismo card, right? Um, because there's a lot of other people that also have Sismo cards. But what we're going to do in that regard is I'm going to make it super freaking easy for you to do things and monetize that and then contribute a little bit back to the community. Will that take off immediately? Probably not. Um, but as we build the franchise out and we create more franchise value, can I see someone taking Sismo and doing something um, themselves to profit off of that IP and then feed that back into uh, the, the, the company through a very reasonable licensing fee that's only paid if you win. That's the other thing. If you go back and read that post, I was like, I want to, I want you to experiment, like do something with them is, and if it fails, you don't owe us anything. If it wins, give us, give us 10%. Right. And, um, and then we'll take that 10% and we'll try to then accrete value back to the whole collection. And I, and I, so for something where we can't share, where you can't own Sismo, you can own your Sismo card, um, like Pokemon would never do that. Like they're not going to let me go print Charizard on t-shirts and just say, Hey, if I'm successful selling these t-shirts, I'm going to give you 10%. So it's an experiment, but it's one that I think kind of for a collection like that, it still allows the community to, in, to, to be able to participate in the IP if they want to, without taking it CCO, which I hate. And, um, and then at the same time, it's, it's not that full blown, IP release that a miner has where it's, it's yours and you do what you want with it. Um, but I, I, have, I have very strongly formed opinions around that stuff. I hope that, hope that answers. Any, any follow-up? I rambled for a long time there. No, no, that was perfect. Thank you. Okay, perfect. I see uh, Todd, you had popped up. Do you have a, a question? Yeah. Hey, Jeff. Uh, as always, it's just so awesome to hear your voice. Um, uh, your uh, unapologetic uh, enthusiasm and passion just uh, uh, appeals so much to me in all your pursuits. Um, certainly a big fan. And with that said, my first question, and I got this just uh, as I was listening to you, I said, I wonder what superhero Frenchie wanted to be when he was seven years old. And uh, so if we, if you were a super if you could have been a superhero in uh, in your early grade school years, who would that have been? <laughs> the one that I would always pretend that I was the most, and I think it was just because of the simplicity of making kind of some. I, I would I liked Green Lantern a lot. Like I don't know why he really appealed to me. Um, <laughs> I, I I remember making like little cardboard Green Lantern rings. I'd run around like like I was zapping people with the ring or whatever. So. Um, that's a pretty obscure one. And, uh, I would say that I'm it's super cliche, but, uh, I, I, the Superman movies, I remember having those on VHS and, uh, watching those just, I mean, I wore the tapes out watching the, the old Superman movies. Um, so I was a big fan of Superman and, um, and honestly, I don't really have any kind of Superman collectibles today, which is kind of weird, nor Green Lantern for that matter. So, the the, huh. the the heroes that I'm more into today, I'm like a big Spider-Man fan, but that kind of came later in life. I I, I kind of latched on and started enjoying Spider-Man, and then 
and I'm also a, a big uh, I'm a big Black Panther fan. Like I like when Black when when Chadwick Boseman did Black Panther, I loved that dude so much. I mean, rest in peace. Yeah. Like he was so amazing in in 42. He did such an amazing job with that role. I really just kind of it it made me go back and start paying a little bit more attention to that character. And uh, and I've actually gone back and, and started uh, grabbing a bunch of uh, a bunch of the more obscure Black Panther stuff. The few things that were released long, long time ago. I've got a couple of the old. I've got a PSA ten of I think it was in nineteen. I think it was a sixty sixty four sticker. Like the first time they did like the little. They're they're about the size of a tobacco card. The first time they did those, it's like a it's like a pop. I think it's a pop two or pop one or maybe there's a PSA nine in my 10. So I've gone back on some of that stuff and really looked into, into the black Panther franchise and then Spider-Man. I like Spider-Man a lot. So I've got some of the, um, I've got like the, some of the, some of the more iconic Spider-Man comics. I I haven't gone crazy into comics yet where I, I don't really have a comic that's worth like a ton of money. Um, because I just haven't gotten deep enough into that world yet, but I, I do, it, it's kind of one of the things that's on my list maybe is to kind of get like one of the really, really iconic Spider-Mans in a really high grade, kind of in that store of that store of, of value type asset class thing. Uh, so I'm, I'm really interested in Spider-Man and, 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 and Black Panther right now. That's awesome. Sir. Very cool. I was, yeah, those are two good ones. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry. I had my timer uh, reminding me to pick up my kids from school. Um, which just went off. So uh, I'm, I'm back, but yeah, I love, I love your answers there. I think I was partial to Superman. I'm looking in my rear view mirror and I can see a set of stitches from where I um, took off and uh, was trying, I think I was showing off in front of my sister's friend and uh, probably about six years old and thought I was going to land on the couch, fell a little bit short and my chin hit the, um, you know, just below the cushion, and and I got about seven or eight stitches, one of many on my face as I um, collected them through the years, uh, doing all sorts yeah. of things. But uh, it, my my uh, um, BPX question, if you will, is around um, the BPX auction and your vision of that moving forward. Um, uh, is this something you want to scale? I mean, is this something that like you would, I'm not saying you want to be the next eBay, but how much focus, at least from a, um, traditional IRL transition into web three perspective, um, are you putting on this BPX auction? I mean, I'm thinking it's, it's definitely a big, big portion of your vision, because of what it, you know, ultimately means to the tokenomics, um, etc. Yeah, no, it's it's it, the, the the auction will be one of the one of the absolute primary ways that we accrete value uh, in the rewards to our ecosystem for sure. Um, so it is it is a it is a big deal. Like we're we're going to um, that that's going to be something that we're going to lean into very heavily. I want to see the result. We were we met this morning on the um, the the auction utilities that get the follow on drip, which is a you know that's I think that's a really cool dynamic, and I, I hope that'll be the surveys and stuff say that the community is going to embrace that pretty well. And we have 
Uh, we're going to go through here after lunch, this, all the inventory that we've prepared ourselves to, to put in the early auctions. And I mean, there's, there's going to be, there's going to be cool stuff that you're going to be able to go get. I mean, um, if, if not, you know, with the, the, the sky miles program doesn't work if there's not stuff to cash the miles in for. And so that's, uh, that's what we're going to be. We're going to be leaning real heavily into that. And we do have a lot of other uses for the token as well that we've talked about some and, and some we haven't, but the, uh, the auction is definitely going to be a big thing. Now I, I do think long-term there are massive advantages to a crypto enabled auction with the reward token like this at its core. Could I see that scaling large? Absolutely. I can. Um, but it's going to, it's going to take time because you, you, the biggest thing that you got to have is you just got to have more participants with wallets and the ability to, to bid. But I think once people understand that, and we're going to be working really hard to um, do some business development initiatives to go and partner with other people that are in the industry, different card shops and dealers, helping them to build possibly a reward program for their customers around BPX, creating a good symbiotic relationship with those people so that the auction could become a, another channel for them, a, a consignment channel. There's, there's a lot of really interesting and novel things that we can do there, but the, the auction is absolutely a very important piece. But like everything else we've done, you'll see it come out with an MVP and we'll grow into it. Like I, I posted, this is maybe a good chance to just mention this, you know, like prepare for spot bidding. That's going to be a, a little bit different for, for everybody because we, I want, I, we, we want to err to the side of bulletproof tech so that everything happens on chain, all the, every, everything works smoothly and max bidding in a crypto auction requires a lot of off chain development. So what I mean by that is if there's a card and it comes in and you think, oh, I would be willing to pay 10,000 BPX for that card, but the minimum bid right now, I can just bid two BPX. You're, you're just wasting money on your gas to bid do BPX. Unless your goal is just to get into extended, that's fine. You can pay a dollar here in gas just to make sure you're in extended, then you figure it out later, that works too. But if you're like, I wanna do one transaction and try to take this card home, if you, you, you can bid more strategically with spot bidding. So you say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spot it to, to 8,000 BPX. And I'm gonna, I think I got a shot there and maybe nobody goes over me. And I may take that card home for 8,000 BPX. So you spot it straight to 8,000. And that's a, that's part. That's going to be an interesting strategy. So it's not max bid the way eBay would be or that sort of thing. The reason for that is if we did it that way on chain, everybody sees your max bid. So we're going to use spot bid, and then we will add the off chain components. Max bidding is I, I say we will add unless we may roll that out, and people may. I, I was we were actually talking this morning. I was like, I'm not convinced that that's not a feature. Over you thinking tech is it a feature or is it a bug? Like that may be a feature. People may love that for an on-chain auction because it does add a little bit different mechanism. You can spot bid in other auctions, some. Some you can't. Some you just can only increment, but some you can spot. And um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strategy that I've used in the past. I use spot bidding sometimes to block other people out so they'll have less competition in extended bidding. Like, so I may know that like this is an expensive card. I'm going to spot it up to a number I know that people that their credit limit with this auction house may only be X. They can't afford to spot me here to get into extended now because if they do, they're not going to be able to bid on other cars that they need to get into extended on. So it's a, it's a strategy that you can use. And I'm not convinced that yet that it's a bug, but 
Um, anyway, I got off on a little bit of a tangent there, but I just I just want to make sure people are paying attention to that because I don't want those type of things to be a surprise. We'll be talking more and more about those things. I've already mentioned that in the Discord, but I, I probably need to say that often so that everybody understands when it comes out that you're making a spot bid, not a max bid. So everybody needs to be, be careful and mindful of that. But it's a big part. Auction's a big part. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jeff. Uh, appreciate you being on the call and taking the questions. Always. Hey, thank you very much, Todd. Um, all right, I think we're we're winding down. We have time for one more question because Jen, if you want to, if you want to hit, the, if you want to hit the others, I can talk a lot less. Like I, I ramble a lot, so I, I hate to leave people on stage that didn't get their question in. If you don't mind, let's if we can hit them, I'll yeah, try no, to do, I'll, I'll try to give I'll try to give you one minute answers on all of them. Okay, <laughs> we got two left. We have Purple Pancake and San Fran. So, all right, awesome. Purple Pancake, you have a question? Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, great space, Jen. Um, real quick, Frenchie, I'm. So in real life, I'm not a collector, never was. So I don't have a lot of, uh, you know, material things, I guess you could say, just the basics. And then I got into NFTs and started, I became a collector of NFTs, put it that way. I don't ever plan on selling to really withdraw to my, my bank account. I usually just sell and then go buy other or more NFTs. Um, but you're the second person, I think, that's mentioned um, using... Uh, like collectibles or like watches in order to like a uh, store value. Um, so that interests me and I would like to hear more about how you approach that um, as well as I have no idea what to actually put money into if I were to do it that way. I, I, you know, I have no, I'd have to look up into the watch game and trading card game because I've never really messed with it. Yep. So that one, that one actually might make a good episode of uh, the Geeking Out podcast. So that that would definitely be a tough one to unpack in a minute. But what I would just say is that there are definitely assets where you can find a base of people that are strong enough in that asset that are going to that you feel confident are going to protect the price in downward markets. And one of the easiest ones to see it see it in is the high-end art market um stuff that goes into free ports Th those people when they when they put store value in art that is money that they don't necessarily plan to touch for any you know in any 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 short period of time so they're 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 not going to dump or floor that art because the market turns soft and there are absolutely collectibles, memorabilia, sports cards, where you can find that same level of confidence right now. I mean, you're the, the, the odds that you, even in the teeth of a bear market, could go get a PSA 10 Mickey Mantle 52 for under 20, 25 million is like pretty much zero because there's a couple of guys that have them. They're billionaires. There's no, there's just no reason in the world that those holders would sell that card so it becomes a if you if you if you're wealthy to that level and you want to store value in an asset like that you know that when you store it in that mickey mantle nobody's going to cut your legs out from under you so that's the big thing with a store of value type play versus a buying a card where the more liquid it is the more liquid it is in general the more risky and speculative it also is because part of the liquidity comes from speculative market. And I'm getting somebody outside the window of the conference room telling me, one minute, Jeff. Sorry. So I'll stop there. That's a, that's a minute for you. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, NM Chasing Unicorns awesome. for coming over here. She literally, came, million either. she literally came over here and was like, one minute, one minute. 
That's my girl. Um, okay, so San Fran, did you have a a question for Fenty? Yeah, uh, it'd be, uh, this feeds in really nice, and it should be short and uh, sweet. Um, last drop, we finally had some silver uh, eagles uh, coinage in the drop. Um, being somebody, I'm I'm invested quite nicely in silver coins. I, I loved that. Um, one, have you ever uh, invest? Do you invest or look? Uh, are you into precious metals and or coins? And also, is this uh, something that we're going to look can look forward to uh, in other future drops? Uh, future drops, yes. Uh, personally, no. I did not even know like how to really read the grading label on those. To be compl completely honest with you, I had like so that was um, we 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 got those from someone who we we trusted, and I don't know if that person would want to dox themselves or not. But we um, we we trusted where we were getting them from, and and that person actually helped us understand value and and really what we were getting. Because I myself nor Cooper, who handles our drops here, it we we were like looking at them like I was like. I I have no idea, man. <laughs> so, um, so no, don't have a lot of experience with it. Yes, we absolutely want to have more of that in in drops. I know that precious metals in general and and the the coins and stuff are something that there's 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 a lot of interest already, and I think there's more people that would like to learn more about it. So, uh, yes, you you will see them some more for sure. Okay, and you might unmute. So, I guess that's a good answer. Um, I have one one final question uh, that I got sent in a DM. It's from, and I know I'm going to screw the name up, Kianda. Um, I believe he is the one that does the t-shirts. The he's doing the screens with the, um, the Lost Miners on them. So he, his question was, um, being that Lost Miners is a project um, without external influences, um, as far as they exist, what do you expect in the future from the community in terms of added value? And if you could praise one aspect of the community, what would it be? And vice versa, if you had to criticize one, what would it be? Um, so I think that the blueprint if, if, is, is that I know... I'm a, I'm a top 200 CryptoPunk holder. I love the CryptoPunks. I love everything about them. I have a very strong belief. I don't have a crystal ball, but I have a belief. Punks are going to a million bucks. Um, not financial advice. It's just my gut. I think that the global liquidity of them, there's a lot of, a lot of reasons why I think they can get there. Um, and I think that we have a very... I, 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 I try to be measured in how I say this because I don't want to come across and say that miners are punks. That would be an absurd statement today. But what I do think is I think we have a narrative that is very similar to their narrative, but different in that um, I, I, I think that the, the, the fact that when you, when you have a punk, it says something about, you know, you're early in crypto, you're, 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 you, you kind of, you believe in the crypto ethos, like decentralization. There's certain things you can begin to check off when you see a punk. A lot of other collections, you look at them and I don't know that you can necessarily put them, some you can, the ones that have a better culture form, you could probably start to put them in a box. But a lot, it's like, what are, what are they really about? The miners, I think it's, it's, I think it begins to speak that, hey, I, I have a thesis in collectability. I have a belief in the, that when something is done that is historically significant, that the, the merge, it, it is a belief in the crypto ethos, very similar to the punks, a much more accessible project. I think it says a lot of the things when you rock a miner. 
I think it says a lot of the similar things to what the punk says. It just comes right now with a much more accessible price. And I think it'll always have a much more accessible price. Punks go to a million. I don't know where miners will be, but you know, punks are the bellwether. And, and I'm happy for them to be the bellwether. Like they, they deserve to be the bellwether. Um, but the, and, and by that, I mean the, you know, the, the, the they, 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 they set kind of that, the, maybe not the, always the top end of the market in price. Cause the apes probably, I think the apes are still probably a little bit above them in floor, but they're, they're, they're just, they're what we all look to is kind of that, um, that personification of decentralization in crypto and that sort of thing. And I think the miners are cutting that same thing. So what would I like to see from the community? Um, one, I'd like to just see us continue to embrace the culture of what it means to rock one, that we believe in collectability, that we we enjoy, we are collectors at heart. Um, we have a long-term thesis. We embrace decentralization. We, we, we are fans of Ethereum. Like, I don't think you can rock a miner and not be a fan of the Ethereum chain. Um, because it's certainly that's a huge piece of our narrative. So it's a it's a proxy social signaling for some of your beliefs, right? And uh, and I think that's what the miners would say. So I hope that that we will try to continue in every way that we can to talk about Ethereum, talk about that programmable layer, and even as layer twos get adopted, remember layer twos still roll up into Ethereum, right? So let's just say five years from now, everything we're doing is on an L two, which it very well might be every new thing we're doing. It doesn't mean that we don't still love Ethereum because it all rolls up to Ethereum, right? But those miners, that's where they live, just like the punks. They're on main chain. And so that's part of what I hope we're able to continue to foster with the community and continue to keep that narrative front and center. Um, what I've enjoyed from the community, I, I, this is the miners have been the first thing in our two years of existence. You know, we, we didn't really have a whole lot of content that got created about our RAS mechanic. Um, a lot of that was because people kind of, I've said this before, a lot of people felt like they had their own little fishing hole with the RAS because they were making good money on the cars. The EVs were really strong. We were investing more than we were making. So it was just, a, it was an easy EV play. And so people were less likely to maybe talk about it and try to bring everybody else in, which is human nature. With the miners, we've seen the opposite effect. People want to talk about that. They want to bring in new people. And so we've seen things like this Twitter space. We see things like everything that the else that has been built, that the, the stuff that Tino has built, the tools for the community. We've seen, uh, things like Keandra's doing with the um, with the the T-shirt stuff that, that that all of those things where people are trying to advance it forward. That's the type of stuff that punk holders are doing. It's just that the punks are doing it at a bigger scale because they've been around longer, and certainly they have a much stronger social signal now with their floor price for sure. Um, you know, I I I I don't really. So the last part of the question, and I want you to know that I'm I heard it. I, I don't know what I would say that I'm. Um, I, I, I don't. I, I, I wish I had some constructive criticism right now off top of the dome that I could give. Like, hey, community, it'd be great if you guys. Did. But I, I think we're just we're just young, right? And a lot of this stuff, we just it has to. You, you got to have your community leaders that come forward, and then they'll help spark new things. And it starts as a spark, and then it grows into a flame. Not to quote Hunger Games, but that's it's kind of true. And I think we're seeing those sparks, and then as those sparks start to land on dry straw, which would be other people that are that have other ideas and new things, then it can grow into a flame. So it's not so much of a criticism. I, I just think we're early. That's fair, fair enough. I think that's a great, great answer. Hopefully, hopefully he does too. Um, and I, in moving on to the, the closing of the show, I just wanted to um, thank you um, a lot for taking the time. Everything we've heard today, 
we all know that you're a very, very busy person. Um, and so we very much appreciate um, you taking the time to come and, and talk to us and, and be on a on our little show. Um, and I just wanted to hand it over to you for any, you know, final thoughts and anything you might want to share or talk about. You know, so I, I would just say that this is all amazing, and um, I, I, I hope that uh, that you guys are enjoying kind of putting this content out. It makes it makes a big difference. It, it only takes one or two people to hear something, share it with one or two more. You never know where the next whale holder is going to come from. Um, I'm not going to call out any names, but we were actually talking about that in the office. Like, where did this person come from? And we go back, and it's just like, wow, that's really kind of crazy that that's how that person found their way into our ecosystem, and. Um, and you never know when the next single holder is going to come from. And creating this type of content, and then we, we we try to do our jobs to help grow the overall BPX ecosystem. Um, and then, you know, the boss miners are our legacy collection. If you go to the new BPX Collect website, bpxcollect.com, the lost miners are the legacy collection. Winners of the first amazing franchise we're going to build out, Bantams, Barefoot Republic, Barefoot Republic being the franchise. The new franchise that I have that I was kind of teasing earlier, not teasing intentionally, but just I'm excited about it and can't wait to show it to you. But the um, th- those those major franchises we're gonna we're gonna work each of those kind of being good onboarding, but it's that everybody that comes in for from now till forever, we want them to then aspire to hold a miner, the same way that the community that the broader crypto community right now aspires to hold a punk. Um, we want those within BPX to all aspire to own a miner, and and it's a it's a very important collection, and 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 I want it to be a very important collection to you, and I want everyone to have pride in. I know that we got a lot of our hexes and stuff because we put a promotion around it, and um and I want to continue to foster that type of stuff where people, but I but I hope you you grow really proud of that social signaling that it does say something about you. It says you believe in Ethereum. It says you believe in decentralization. It says you believe in BPX and what we're doing together. And it and it's uh, it makes you feel part of something that's that's truly long term, not flash in the pan, and uh, that's what we want to that's what we want the miners to be. So it's it's super early. We're 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 just getting started here. We're only, gosh, September fifteenth wasn't wasn't that long ago. That's when the miners were born. Perfect. We have a good uh, birthday coming up. Then we'll have to mark our calendars. Um, yep, the, yeah, the merge is the merge was September the night of it was in the wee hours of the morning on September fifteenth. I mean, I'll, 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 as long as I live, I'll never forget that because I was sitting there. Yeah. You know, we could talk about that more maybe with Jim's space uh, when the contracts landed and stuff that night. Kind of what went on. That's one of those things you'll never, you'll never forget that one for sure. Absolutely, that must have been uh, both uh, thrilling and infuriating and panicky all at the same time. It was a lot of different emotions for sure. <laughs> Um, well, again, I wanted to thank you very much for taking the time um, to join us on Minor Details um, and share your your time and your knowledge. And I wanted to thank everyone who joined us today and the Minor community. Um, again, the Lost Miners are the most historical, significant digital collection in Web3. Um, but what sets this collection apart more than the s- historical significance is all of you guys, our big, whole Lost Miner messy community. Um, we have the best community in Web3. Um, and to promote for next week, um, we have Mad Queen um, from Moon um, Moon 8 Labs on. Um, I know she's listening in the audience. I saw her. Maybe we'll get a little bit more information out of her than we did out of Frenchie today. Who knows? We'll see. Um, I know there is a, a, a giveaway that she has 
um, for a minor ape. Um, for those of you that show up, um, so we'll get that going as well. Again, that's March 8th. And then on March 15th, we have Entropy, um, who will give us a, a kind of deep dive and overview on how the entire Lost Miners contract um, went down. Um, so get your questions ready for that. And then tonight, um, OSNAP is on at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Um, so tune in for, for that show as well. And I promise my mic won't go out tonight. I won't get rugged, so I'll be able to share my my joke with you guys as my final closing. So the one I have today is, what do you call a retired miner? Doug. Thank you again. I'm Jen Khan. I'll see you guys all next week on Minor Details with our guest, Mad Queen. You've been listening to BPX Breakroom, which is broadcast live each Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern in Twitter spaces at Radish Digital. That's digital with a J. I've been your host, Discord user Jen Khan, and I wanted to thank today's co-host and you, the listener. A special thanks to those in the audience who raised their hand and came up on stage, helping to make BPX the best community in Web3. BPX is a community built for collectors by collectors. That's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.